Hello and welcome into another edition of Inside Tiger Football brought to you by Rib Crib. I'm Adam Hildebrand alongside Tiger head football coach David Alexander and coach coming off of a win over Edmund Memorial. How much of the game plan last week was uh, dedicated to working on things that you are already good at and how much of it was dedicated to trying out some new stuff? No, it was mostly it was mostly to uh, all right, this is what we are as a team. All right, let's polish it up and and uh, and be good at what we're good at. You know, it's uh, getting too late in the season, middle of district play, to really, you know, try something different, try something new. Uh, now we'll always have some wrinkles, but it'll be also off of our base stuff from here on out. So in terms of trying to polish things up, then how did you feel like that went? Do you, do you feel like you guys came out of that game in a better spot than when you went in? We most definitely came out of the game uh, better than we went in. Uh, it was really good, especially defensively. Um Maybe not so much from the from the execution standpoint, which I would say yes, our execution was better, but uh, more from uh, alignment and assignment and uh, doing all the tiny little things right. And we'll talk about more about alignment and assignment on the defensive end, uh, especially here in just a little <clears throat> bit. Uh, what, what did you think the team did best over the course of that game on Friday? Wow, that's a, that's a good question, Adam. What do we do best? You know, again, special teams have been. Uh, just magnificent, uh, you know, uh, blocking another punt, uh, Marion Horn on several uh, punt returns. I thought he might take one of them back to the, uh, all the way back last week. Didn't quite get there, but had a lot of lot of great yardage in the punt return game. Uh, you know, we're covering kickoffs. You know, we got a bunch of uh, madmen out there covering kickoffs. And, uh, you know, even if we, when we didn't get it in the end zone, it was better for us when we didn't kick it in the end zone. We tackle them inside the 20 every time. So special teams have been just beautiful. Um, and then, you know, we were able to run the football. We had some big plays in the passing game. We had, we had you know, we missed a couple, but we, you know, Jake Rains threw for 298 yards. That's a, that's a really good night for us. You mentioned Marion Horn returning punts. He had a couple of more than 20 yards, but uh, that punter was pretty good. He sent him back over his shoulder a couple of times. How challenging <laughs> is that, and, and what are kind of the ground rules for him in terms of how far he might have to go to catch a punt? Well, we scout him up pretty hard, right? We 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 know about what the punter's uh, range is going to be before the game starts, you know. And give the young man from Ed Memorial credit; he uh, hit a couple really big ones, you know. And all of them had really nice hang time. Uh, but when we decided to hold up and have returns, uh, the guys up in front of Marion, you know, kept the coverage teams from getting down there too quick. Gave him plenty of opportunity. Uh, gave him a little green grass in front of him when he caught the ball. And he's pretty special, so uh, right, you get the ball in his hands uh, with some open, open turf, uh, made some guys miss, and had some nice returns. Edmund Memorial uh, was kind of locked down by the defense for the whole first quarter, and then kind of late in the first half, they found a way to run the ball a little bit. How did the defense adjust after that to to kind of lock him back in again? Well, uh, that's a good question. What did we do different? We didn't do we didn't do a whole lot different. Um, just you know, we got it. We jumped out there to a lead. And then defensively, you know, we gave them a, a nice long drive. But what did we do on that drive, right? We jumped off sides on a, on a fourth and four from the 50. Our sophomore linebacker jumped off sides, which, you know, that just comes from experience. What are, they, what is, what are people going to do when it's fourth and four at the 50-yard line, right? They can back it. Even if they take a delay a game, it's no big deal. So they're going to try to draw you off sides. So you, got, you can't do that. We missed a couple tackles on that drive. And then those things kind of add up. And uh, you know, give them give Ed Memorial a a, a a field goal. So you just you know you can't have those pre snap penalties, and, you know, silly things like that. 
going back to special teams, you almost got to that field goal also. I'm still not entirely sure how that snuck through the guys that were there. Well, it went, it went all the way behind. Corey Williams went – it went – he ran all the way past everybody, and he tried to block it. He slowed the film down. He tried to block it with his foot after he was already past everybody. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how he got through. But, you know, we let him get down there, and uh, they, they earned their three points. Uh, Seth Dodd, Dietrich Moore, Jadanian Floyd Wright have all continued to kind of settle into their, their roles now as, as linebackers. How did you feel like those three guys did at getting another game worth of reps? Well, I can't. Uh, say enough about Judean, right? He's uh, man, he's fast. He's a good football player. We've asked him to play a bunch of different spots on the defense, and he's done really, really well. Uh, Seth Dodd, um, amazing story. The guy's been all over the field. He's just a team guy. He's a broken arrow, you know, lifer. And uh, man, he got us. You know, according to Coach Holly, uh, Seth got us lined up in the right front and the right blitz and the right coverage every single time. One, you know, graded one out, graded out one hundred percent which is incredibly difficult to do and you know when you have 60 65 snaps in a game um, but the young man that's you know that's really a special athlete is Dietrich he's just a sophomore and my goodness uh, you know his potential is unlimited right as as the famous Michael Jackson line or not Michael Jackson Michael Jordan line right the ceiling is the roof for uh, <laughs> for Dietrich he's he can he can do just about anything he wants it, it, we've noted his athleticism over the course of these games over the first half of the season here, but where have you seen the most growth out of him? And I, I mean, you mentioned just a sophomore, that's, that's a big growth year. So how has he changed the most over these five first five games here? Yeah. You know, you have to remember, right. When they're just sophomores the year before they're playing against guys, their age, you know, freshman football. And he's, he's playing against, you know, uh, schemes that, you know, they're not very well coached or they're, or they're pretty simple, Right, and they come up here, and now they're playing against guys that are two years older. You know, in some cases, three years older. Uh, schemes are complex. Game is ten times faster, and it takes them a little bit of time to to uh, to grow into that. Now, he's still a sophomore, and, and you saw last week against Ed Memorial, he still makes a few sophomore plays. And what do I? What you know? That's not a knock. What that is is it's just a, a, you know, so it's just football experience, right? Situational awareness. Right, fourth down from the fifty. You know, everybody's going to every single. It's in the coach's handbook, page one. Right, <laughs> try to get the defense to jump off sides because if you take a delay a game or take you know, punting from the forty-five or punting from the fifty, it's really no difference. Uh, so, you know, those little things like that, he'll grow up and he'll you know, hopefully we'll get by the time we get to the playoffs, he won't be a playing like a sophomore anymore. Yeah, essentially, it equates to the same thing as life experience, right? You kind of have to sure. fail at something a couple of times before you're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And yeah. uh, he, he will continue to, to grow into that role for sure. So Garrett Hinesley uh, was named homecoming king on Friday night as well. What does he bring to this team off of the field? <laughs> How cool is that? Uh, you know, the football player named homecoming king. You know, we, we do things here so big at Broken Air. You know, every club is represented. You know, this is not just a football uh, thing so it, it's been a while since we've had a football player be the homecoming king um, but what that shows because it's a school-wide vote and so you know we voted Garrett uh, captain um, he's such a great leader he's uh, he lifts his teammates up he he's always going around patting the sophomores on the back and telling them they're good doing a good job he's just a, a great influence in the locker room and you can see by being by being voted homecoming king but king by the whole student body he does the same thing in the buildings here, right? Everybody likes him. Everybody respects him. 
So uh, I'm really happy for Garrett. That'll be a memory that he'll always, uh, he'll never forget. You're watching Inside Tiger Football brought to you by Rib Crew. We'll be back with more with Coach Alexander in just a moment. Finding your happy place is something special, and it's different for everyone. You probably already know where to find yours, and TTCU Federal Credit Union can help you get there. Right now, you can earn up to a $200 bonus when you open a new checking account with direct deposit. So wherever your happy place finds you, TTCU will meet you there. TTCU Federal Credit Union. Life is better in balance. For families who like to build their wealth while staying liquid, we have flexible rate CDs to keep your funds working hard, even when you're not. First National Bank of Broken Arrow. The right balance. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. Coach Alexander with us still, and Coach, uh, switching over to the offensive side of the ball, Jake Raines got to throw the ball down the field quite a bit on Friday. Was was that something going into the contest that you guys wanted to get him some more reps on, or, or how did that play out? Yeah, we're just trying to, you know, balance it up. You know, uh, we knew we were, we had some mismatches out there. You know, JL and, and RJ are, you know, two big, old, tall kids, that were obviously very talented as well. Uh, the, and the great catch by JL on the first play of the football game yeah. right? just did a great job. And so those young men have worked hard and, you know, try to reward them with some big catches as well. And so, it, you know, being 50-50 and let those guys, uh, you know, do their work, man. RJ made some great catches, and he, he made a couple on our sideline that were just as good as any. And then a couple nice runs after the catch. When you hit a play like that, especially on a contested catch early in the game, uh, how does that affect how the defense approaches trying to stop your offense and moving forward because you've shown them that you can go downfield? Well, it's, it has to affect the coaches on the sidelines uh, quite a bit. You know, we're you know we're a sixty forty run team, and uh, then you know you open the game up with a deep throw down the sidelines. The guy makes a big catch. That's got to you know put a put a little question in the in their thinking of what how they really want to uh, defend Broken Arrow because it, if you can do that. And they really don't have an answer for everything. It's not possible. Uh, Reigns also spread the ball around quite a bit, hit five different guys throwing the football on Friday. What did you think in terms of him going through his reads and, and kind of meandering through the passing game as opposed to just launching the ball downfield? Well, Jake's, you know, we, we need him to really um, be able to do that as the, as the games get tougher, uh, the, the uh, coverages get tighter. You know, he's got to understand um, – what the coverages are going to be and who's supposed to get the football. You know, uh, Coach Wilkinson, our offensive coordinator, he, he dual calls every pass play, right? So it's a zone concept on one side and a man, man concept on the other, and Jake has to be able to read that and, uh, and pick which half the field and throw it. So he, he's done a good job, um, and we need him just to keep progressing as we get headed toward the playoffs. Marion Horn, we talked about him in the kick return game a little bit, but we've seen him on offense the last couple of weeks, not only running the football, but lining out, uh, lining up outside and, and in some receiver positions. Uh, what makes him capable of, of doing that? Well, God decided that one, <laughs> right? That, that, uh, when he was born, uh, it was decided that he was going to be able to run and jump and catch and uh, do some things that most young men can't. 
you know, Sanchez, I'm going to put this back, you know, on Sanchez Banks a little bit too. So, you know, Sanchez is such a good football player. You know, when we get – we put Sanchez and Marion on the field together, uh, man, that's really got to make the defensive coordinator on the other sidelines nervous. And, uh, you know, because Marion can – he can he can catch it. He can run it. He can you know he's any smart kid. We can put him at many many spots, and he'll be he'll be great at whatever we ask him to do. Uh, had some two tight end looks Friday night as well. Uh, let's talk about that group a little bit because we we haven't talked about them a whole lot over the course of this year. What are some of the strengths of that group, and and how are they able to be effective for this offense? Well, our tight end group, and I I hope right. And that's probably Coach Alexander Ben having an O line background. I hope that group keeps progressing. Uh, so, what makes uh, uh, um, Steber and Will Hyde, the two guys that played uh, tight end so much, Griffin Steber and uh, Josh Will Hyde, they're both long, long young men. You know, um, you know, so it gives them an advantage. Uh, over almost everybody's going to try to cover them. If it's a secondary guy, they're going to be taller than they are. If it's a linebacker, they're going to be a little bit quicker. So, and they're big enough that they can block in the run game. I hope that that you'll see them on the field together quite a bit more as, as the regular season grinds through. And uh, if they if if that happens, then by the time we get to playoffs, that'll be a really big package for us. And we saw uh, Steber really be able to get out and affect the pass game as well. With Will Hyde on the line of scrimmage, Steber would move around a little bit. So uh, there's, there's clearly some some flexibility with those two guys, and not only the passing game, but, but the running game as well. Now, uh, we, we have not talked about the <clears throat> offensive line yet in, in this particular edition of, of this show. So what did you see from those guys this week? How'd they grade out? Well, again, uh, man, I, I'm so proud of Coach Harper and Coach Broyles, right? They're two offensive line coaches. Uh, for what they how they develop that group, um, they the offensive line uh, they play fast and they play physical. They're you know they're not as quite as big, even though we got a couple of big kids up there. They're not as big as the as the lines we've had uh, the last couple of years, um, but they can run and they're they they physical and they and they play all the way through the whistle. And if they'll do that, uh, continue to do that, which I know they will. Um, you know, Marion and Sanchez are going to continue to put up big numbers. That's Tiger head football coach David Alexander. We'll be back to preview this week's matchup in just a moment here on Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. Recently, you've had to put your life on hold, and we're with you in this. At Ascension St. John, we're now open for appointments, and we are fully prepared for your safety in our care. As we open our doors again, our doctors, nurses, and care teams will continue to wear personal protective equipment. We've taken even more steps to clean and stringently disinfect all areas. We will maintain distancing in our waiting rooms and will continue to limit visitors. And we will still screen all staff to protect their health and yours. Our emergency rooms are here 24-7. Please do not delay care. We're still delivering babies and performing surgeries. And we're open for your appointments, from specialists in surgical care to routine care and health screenings. Ask us about virtual visits. Ascension St. John continues to care for you, as we have been for almost a century. Thank you for trusting us. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. I'm Adam Hildebrandt, alongside Tiger head football coach David Alexander. And, Coach, uh, it's a Thursday game this week. You get about one of those a year with fall break. Right. How does that change your schedule over the course of the week? It changes it quite a bit. Uh, it puts an extra 
um, load on the coaches, you know, because we had to start working a, a day ahead, trying to get game plans done. And especially, you know, it's been a couple years now in a row that we've had UConn as our fall break game, which, uh, again, adds another another uh, kink in the in the armor, right? They're, they're a wishbone team. They're a flexbone team, I guess, really. You know, so running the option uh, makes everything different. You know, everything about the, their offense is completely different than what your defense is nor, uh, normally used to seeing. And then a, a day short. I'm sure UConn loves it. And uh, But, you know, we knew what the schedule was months ago. And so we've worked a little bit on on the option uh, as we've gone through the summer. But uh, these Thursday games, man, it's it's quick. It just feels like uh, you just get done with one game. And I'll, you're back into practice and uh, and trying to get ready. It it used to be that the the wishbone and the flex bone was the thing you saw every week, and then you saw the spread once <laughs> or twice a year, and and had to uh, flip over to that. Now it's kind of the opposite. So, what are some extra challenges that that the wishbone or, or flex bone offense presents that that you might not see on a week to week basis anymore? Well, um, okay, boy, that's a we could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> but you know, um, so they've. You know the spread and and then the flex boner. There's there's attitudes that are the same, right? It's uh, multiple reads, right? So the so the spread, right? It's RPOs and we're reading this guy and to throw it to that guy or hand it to this guy. Well, the the the, the flex boner, what they're doing is the same thing, right? They're they're except they're just reading down linemen, and so your linemen can almost never be correct if the quarterback does a great job. They tackle the fullback, then the quarterback's got it, right? If you don't tackle the pitch, you don't have anybody on the pitch. They'll pitch it out there, so. You know, not only do you have to be assignment correct, but you also have to defeat some blocks. And um, you know, coach, uh, the coach over there, Coach Reed, has done a great job. He won a state championship at a smaller level school here in Oklahoma. He's always had success, and and they'll give us some problems. You know, and we'll have to we'll have to make some quick adjustments because we can't practice the speed of it. That's the thing you t- you keep telling your defense: Hey, the fullback's only at three yards. And the running back, you know, when they when they have a running back, it's back there. He's only at four and a half, and so it happens quick. You better get in your gap, and you better tackle the guy. And so it's uh, it'll take us a couple series to get used to the speed of what they're trying to do, and then uh, hopefully we can hang in there and score more points than they do. It will be very interesting to see how it plays out with the the way the defensive line has moved around this year as well and, and how that matchup presents itself with some of those guys being reads for, for uh, the UConn quarterback. Now, what else do we know about UConn a, as a team? What are we expecting from them other than uh, the type of offense they run on, on Thursday? Well, uh, okay, so first off, the, uh, the two things about their team that you're going to notice is their, how the big their fullback is. He's a probably a defensive tackle that they put at fullback. He's about 260 pounds. He's a big big young man, and he does a really good job. The second thing you'll notice about UConn uh, when you see him is they're running the same style defense that we are. Coach Holly, our defensive coordinator, before we hired him, had gone and clinicked with the UConn defensive staff. So they do actually a little bit more of the unconventional stuff than the Broken Arrow does, more – guys standing up and all 11 guys walking around. So it'll be interesting. And, and I give Coach Reed at UConn some credit. You know, they, they've they tried to compete in 6A with on defense with some guys that aren't quite ready to stand up to the offensive lines that Broken Arrow and, and Jinx and Edmund Santa Fe can put out there. So, hey, you're trying something different. So you're going to see a lot of blitzes, a lot of stunts, you know, and, and they will they will hit us for a, a minus one or minus two yard um, play every now and then. But – 
you know, we should be able to block them up most most of the time. And uh, so it'll, that'll be an interesting contrast. It uh, it will only be the second road game of the year and the first one that's not just across town. So what what does a trip to Oklahoma City, UConn look like in uh, in 2020? Yeah, in the years of the COVID, right, uh, 2020. So we, we're only getting to tra- take a travel squad. So I've got 61 players on the on the travel squad, and I'm loading them into four buses, okay? So I usually take roughly 100 players on three buses. <laughs> so, right, so I'm hoping to get um, – on the first two buses, I've got uh, mostly my offensive starters in, in, in uh, bus one and my defensive starters in bus two. So there, there's nobody sitting within six feet of each other. Now the back, the bus three and bus four, uh, I, there's like 12 players in bus one and 12 players in bus two. So bus three and four, we've got 18 and I think roughly 18, 19 kids on them. So um, it's quite a bit different. Uh, you know, we've it'll be we'll be traveling a big caravan headed down there, but everything's different. You know, I've got to make seating assignments and. Um, a lot more work, but it's okay. It's just it's just part of it, man. You know, we want to go get to play this game, and we want to be sitting six feet apart so we can go play the next game as well. Just one more thing to uh, to manage over the course of this 2020 football season. That's Tiger Head football coach David Alexander. I'm Adam Hildebrandt. We'll talk to you from UConn Thursday night. Thanks for tuning in to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Grid.